Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Mav Sports Take. What would your Tuesday night be without 80? Welcome to Mav Sports Take, <laughs> episode 85, your weekly sports podcast for the business side of the sports world, giving you some unmuzzled sports talk to dive into the topics that most people do not want to talk about. And I am, of course, joined by Mr. David Turner at Mav underscore sports, an 18-year scouting vet across the NFL, CFL, including three straight Arena League championships, a part of the Arena Football League. David Turner, we are here tonight live on Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok for some reason. I still don't understand the TikTok thing, but we're live on TikTok to talk. Sorry, your Twitterverse is about to get blown up by the freaking new the new owner. That's fine. That's fine, man. As long as he doesn't take my 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 blue check, you know. As long You'll as you'll be on TikTok soon time. enough, sweetheart. I will not be. Don't worry about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe when Jules is a teenager someday, if that's still a thing at that point. But not not now, not ever, most likely. But we are here to talk, of course, the business side of sports. And what better than the recent news about the NCAA giving some input into how to navigate the NIL space, and in that conversation. We also want to delve deep into the transfer portal, which we've talked many times about, but man, there is just chaos now with players now leaving schools, getting big NIL deals, which in a, the, the real world is just a booster booster check to uh, come play football for them. It's a quick handout, but we're going to dive deep into this, David Turner. Uh, before we do, my friend, before I hit my first ad read for the night, how are you? Are you doing well? I'm doing well. You know what? I'm doing really well. I had a great long weekend with Casey. We were busy. I mean, super busy on Cinco de Mayo. We did a food truck event. Then we went and saw that new movie, Bad Guys, which was a pretty good movie. I fell asleep. She was fine. And <laughs> we went with some of her friends and family members. So, you know, she was taking care of. I was snoring upstairs and in the movie theater. And then Saturday, we, uh, what did we do? Oh, we went out to, uh, she had a gymnastics and little con- uh, showcase. Nice. Did that. And then we went out to dinner with some of her other friends and their parents. And it was just a really nice long weekend. And now I'm bang right here for Tuesday night action, baby. David, let me ask you I, uh, are you a Marvel person? You like Marvel movies? I do now. I like the. I liked a lot of them, not all of them. I haven't seen Strange, so I didn't go see Strange yet. Gotcha. That was my question because I went and saw Doctor Strange too this weekend. So I was curious if you were a fan, if you wanted to see that at some point in your world. That is I right do want to see it, and I think I've heard mixed reviews. Uh, and that's two people. That's literally just two people that saw it. One person was like, "Oh, it's fantastic," and another person was like, "Eh." And I was like, really? Because the commercials make it look kind of good. I'll, I'll say this. I have mixed reviews because I thought it was a really well-done movie and I thoroughly enjoyed myself, but I didn't love how one character ended up. I'll just leave it at that, I guess. We'll just, we'll just keep it there for when you, when you, you know watch what, it. You know the biggest disappointment so far with Marvel is with me so far? Black Widow. I loved the first movie, loved it, but then because of where they put her in the timeline – they only did one Black Widow movie, you know, because yeah. because then with Infinity Stones, you lose her in that movie. So yep. it's like I wish they would have done like two or even three Black Widow movies. I think they could have done more with her as a character um, yeah. and and her sister and her family and all that stuff. Well, her, well I think her sister's going to be a part of it a little well, bit more. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you watch Hawkeye, the series, you saw yes. how how she's going to work into it. But I just like that Black Widow. I like Johansson and, and that whole thing. And I thought her and her sister did so good in tandem in that movie. Another movie with them doing that kind of thing would have been fun to see. That's all. No, I agree with that. And I'll, I'll tell you this. My wife wasn't really that into the Black Widow movie when we first decided to go see it. But I thought it was a really good movie. And she actually really liked it as well. So I agree with you. Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson's a great actress on top of being a nice looking lady. So we'll, we'll leave it there, I guess. We'll leave it there. Uh, yeah, so, Dave, we want to. Yeah, she's a nice looking lady. <laughs> she's a nice looking lady, man. That's you all I can sounded older than me right there. It's all right, man. Gee Whitaker, she's a sweet looking filly. I, I, I need to keep it respectful on this podcast, David Turner. We we don't we don't stray that line between being a little over the top. You know what I mean? We, we stay, we stay very firm. The, the show byline is unmuzzled. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, so we are five minutes in and we haven't done an ad read or gotten into our topic. So would you be a parent of a high school athlete trying to make it to the next level? If you answered yes, then why not secure coaching for them from an expert? Here at Maverick Sports Consulting, we work with high school athletes of all sports to create a strategy for the recruitment plan. With limited scholarships given each and every year, having a pointed recruitment plan helps our clients to secure their opportunities to play collegiate sports. We focus on your transcripts, your film, leadership, and more to set your goals and create pathways to get to them. Whether you're looking to attend an SEC school or Slippery Rock University, we can support your efforts to get to those goals for 2022. Contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting. Dot com. All right, David. So we want to dive into. Look, I, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this. We're gonna spend pretty much the next fifty three minutes because I did my outro around then. Next fifty three minutes talking a combination of NIL and transfer portal. Okay, we have talked a lot about the transfer portal. We've talked a little bit about NIL and Pat in the past, and for people out there that aren't don't keep too much attention. That is the name image likeness movement that we have seen where they have passed the ability for college athletes to make money off of their name image and likeness. Okay. So we are seeing a lot of NIL deals from companies that, Hey, your face, their record, their, their brand is now going to make the companies more valuable. And in turn, they make money for their name, their image and their likeness. Okay. So, I think we've. I think we're both on the same page with it to start, David. Right? Like we. I think that it is a very good thing for athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness. In theory, in a blanket. Like I think that that is a good thing, right? Were you on the same page? I feel like we've talked about this, and you were supportive of players making money off of their name, image, and likeness. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Cool. All right. So we're both. There's yeah, a line. <laughs> there is a line. There is a line. Well, tell, tell them where that line is. Let's start there. Tell them where the line is. Well, I think the athletes in, on their own individual merit should be able to negotiate and get a hold of the companies and negotiate for themselves and utilize the school's logo and their uniform in, you know, photo shoots and what have you, as long as it's in compliance with the school's rules and their partnerships. Okay. That's the muddy water that we're about to talk about. Is that not that in compliance with the school's own deals, right? So that's the muddy water we're about to get into. But I think it's great that the young men and women are able to do this. I think they're learning more about business than I think any young kid has done so far in, in many years. Um, so, I'm all about that. I just think what we're seeing is a cesspool build of just absolute cheating, violations, and outright bribery that's happening, which is what it, it's not intended to be, but it turned into quick because the NC2A doesn't have any reins around, around this. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's really well said. So kind of the whole story is for everyone that's been following, like David said, the NCAA was basically like, this is you guys. I, we don't get sued. We're not going to put any restraints on anything like whatever, like you do you type of thing. And it's happened. I think now, David, I think it's been 10 months since the NIL stuff has been. Right. Yeah. Something like that. I I think I read that it was like 10 months in the making. So yesterday, the NCAA came down with a, a guidelines, right? A guidelines for NIL. I'm not going to read it word for word. What I'm basically going to do is highlight some of the key parts. Okay. So what we are seeing now is that there is a lot of handouts is what I'm going to call it. And you call it, you can call it improper benefits. You can call it pay for play, like whatever you want to call it. Basically you have the boosters for the school and you have collectives, which are also still boosters, right? So, they're basically talking to players directly for the universities and bribing them. Like, let's call it what it is, right? Now, there is definitely some... Well, we'll call it incentivizing. We'll call it incentivizing. Strongly sure. incentivizing. incentivizing. <laughs> right. So, so, okay. So, there are people that are being incentivized. We'll put it like that. And there are some universities... We're not going to put all these people into one bucket, right? There are some universities that are going to these players and saying, you come to our school, 
we will assist you in the knowledge and understanding of how to best use your name, image, and likeness to be, you know, to be successful in that area from a monetization perspective. So there are, I'm not going to sit here and say that every school is in the wrong because I don't believe that. I truly don't. But the majority are bending the rules. They're bending the rules. And now, David, we have – so the reason that the NCAA has acted out now is because recently there has been a lot of players coming out and saying that I have schools reaching out to me and I'm not even in the transfer portal. Like I am literally just a part of a program and they are reaching out to me and they are incentivizing. They are bribing them to enter the transfer portal and to come to their school. Now, we're also not naive to the fact that when a player hits the transfer portal, they kind of know where they're going to go before they hit the transfer portal. Let's not be stupid. They've had conversations before those things have happened well, in uh, most cases. Hold on. One caveat. One caveat. One caveat. One caveat. The elite players. Because there are a lot of – now, the transfer portal, correct me if I'm wrong, has about 2,500 students in it or something like that right I think now. it's I think it's 5,000 right Excuse now. Excuse me. I'm half wrong. It's 5,000. It, it might be like 25 for football, but I think it's 5,000 total. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I was – I was. you're right because I was just talking about the football number. You're right. You're, you're incorporating all the – so the elite players, let's say the top 100 even, maybe top 50 of that 500 know where they're going – because they've had some under-the-table talks or communicative talks through different channels. Now, the other uh, 4,800, they don't. And like I was telling you before we went on air, I'm working with a client right now who's trying to transfer and he's trying to figure out where to go to play football next year and he wants it all done by the end of May so he can go to summer program and do all that and be ready to go. So it's a confusing time for a lot of these young athletes it's not all about what we're about to talk about, but the top 50 players in that portal is is what we're focusing tonight's conversation on. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. It, it's it's a good it's a good understanding to kind of present out there because you're right. It's not every player. There are generally players that enter the portal and do not know where they're going to go. That's when they, they start fielding the conversations, talking to coaches. Yada, yada, yada. But for the most part, they're the best of the best. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, the elite know where they're going. Absolutely. Yep. Like, I I use Jameer Gibbs as an example. That was a really good running back out of Georgia Tech. He's going to Alabama next year. Jameer Gibbs Gibbs spent a couple hours in the transfer portal when he was going to Alabama. Like, that that was just – He made 60 minutes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He knew – well – well, I I know a buddy, though, that told me, David, that they reached out to Georgia Tech – um, about him because he has a coaching friend at a different school that was interested in Jameer Gibbs. And they said, oh, he's known that he, they're going to go to Bama for like a month. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like before he even into the portal, they knew they knew that it was going to happen. So, yeah. All right. So all that to say is this. All right. We're, get, we're getting a little off tangent, but it's also good context for the situation. So I talked to a tight end the other day, David. I think I sent you the video. Hunk, uh, his name is Tucker Kraft. He's a really good tight end out of South Dakota State. I believe – that he is going to be a draftable player next year. Had about an 800 yards, six touchdowns as a 6'5", 255-pound tight end for South Dakota State last year. All-American. Really good football player, in my opinion. Think he Again, think he's going to be drafted next year relatively early. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going day two sometime. But anyway, so I had a conversation with him, David. I'm asking the general question of, you play for an FCS school. Some people underrate FCS schools. They call them a lower-level competition, blah, blah, blah. Your response. And he tells me, well, yeah, people do say it. And, it, and it, you know, it, it does grind my gears a little bit. You know, I don't like kind of, you know, people throwing that out there because I think that we play great football and blah, blah, blah. You know, he starts having that conversation. And then he lets me into some insight, David, that this past offseason, there have been, or actually not even offseason, past couple months, I guess, that there have been multiple high-level teams offering him six-figure NIL deals to come play for their team. And he had never entered the transfer portal. And then we have had several people like Zay Flowers from Boston College come out and say the same exact thing. And now we are seeing a trend. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, who's also an All-American tight end, probably first-round pick next year, was also a player that apparently Alabama was targeting, and he was never in the transfer portal. So all this to say is that line that you're talking about, the line, right? I have – let me rephrase this. If a player is in the transfer portal – and there's some jockeying for NIL deals. In theory, I'm okay with it to a degree 
I know it's not actual NIL money. It's a booster giving out a handout to try to get the player to their school. But I am a, I think that it's absolutely crossing the line now that we have teams, and it's happened in the past. I'm not naive to that situation, but that we're just so openly poaching players at this point who aren't even looking to move. Like that is where this line has been seriously crossed. So what's happened now is the NCAA is basically put, put in some – Standards, whatever you want to call them, guidelines. We'll call they're them. guidelines. They're not like even rules. They're guidelines. They're not, well, this is the worst part. It's the worst part. Basically, they're saying boosters can't give handouts, right? Like that, that collectives and stuff. They can't speak for a school, so they're trying to kind of rid that middleman type of conversation, which is great in theory. In theory, the problem is is that there's no consequences that the NCAA wanted to hand down. There's nothing. Like, why would they listen to them if there's no consequences? The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get a slap on the wrist because there's no rule in place right now that makes you have a general understanding of what are the consequences here. So there's no consequences to all this conversation, right? And now we have a situation where the NCAA is trying to have some scare tactics, but it's not going to work, and things are going to continue to get worse, in my opinion. It's going to continue to happen because why would anything change? So I sit here, David. First of all, there's a lot of things we can talk about this NIL stuff, and I want to talk about it. But the real thing that I want to harp on is that I hate the NCAA, man. I <laughs> hate them so much. What are we doing, man? D- David, honestly, honestly, let me ask you this. Because you're a smart man. I'm going to give you a compliment here for a second. You're a smart man. Just stay with me for a second. Stay with me. All right. So when you heard for the first time that players were going to make money off of their name, image, and likeness, did you think at any point that colleges may use that as a recruiting tool to help them? Absolutely. Do you think that the NCAA thought, because I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're educated people. Do you think at any point that they thought, huh, that's probably going to be a recruiting tool for, the, for t- us colleges to use? No. You, you don't? They don't? You don't no. think that they ever thought about that? No. And the reason I say that, the reason I say that, you know, I've talked to a good friend of the show, Jill you know, um, Baxter and she is a, an agent. People who don't know Jill, obviously it's my world and Rob Ryan's world. It's not everybody's world, but she's an agent who represents not only coaches, but players and uh, administrators for colleges. A lot of, you know, personnel people and stuff. Great friend of the show, incredible agent. Um, and she actually developed an NIL company because when we, not because of, but when we were talking, she said it was because, she saw that the administrators at schools didn't see this coming. They thought that that the players would just be able to sign their own deals and, you know, then whatever. And the the, the players needed representation. So Jill was going to create this NIL company to give them representation. And when I heard her say that, I'm like, I I literally remember her or me saying it to her. I'm like, how do they not understand this about to be a, a tampering like all over the place? They just legalized tampering. And she was like, they don't, she's like, they don't see it that way because they don't think the schools are going to get involved. They're going to tell the kids, go get your own NIL deals and that's it. But I said, as soon as a kid's NIL deal, NIL deal conflicts with the school's sponsorship deal, that's when you're going to have, you're going to have conflict because let's just say, Ryan, um, what's the Notre Dame players, Meyer, Meyer, the tight end. Uh, If he's going to, you're on mute, by the way. But if he's going to, um, I said yeah. Michael Mayer. Yes, I'm sorry. Mayer. My apologies. Yeah. Yep. I like it when you're on mute. Personally, the audience just struggles to <laughs> understand you. Um, but Mayer uh, goes and gets an uh, Adidas contract. Well, they're all, I don't know, what are they? Jordan up there? They're all Jordans or whatever. Under, Under Armour. Under, Under Armour. Yeah. Okay. So now his deal says that he has to wear their shoes on the field and gloves and whatever. Does that mess with Under Armour? And they're, you know, they didn't have that middleman doing con- contracts. And then the school goes, well, why are we allowing them to use our likeness and our logos for their benefit? We should be getting a piece of it. So there started to become all this. And then one person then stood up. I, I really believe this was like maybe November. Someone stood up and goes, 
we can use this in recruiting because so many families are coming to us and asking us, what's the business plan? What's your NIL deal for my player? How, how are you going to help them cash in on this? That When that conversation started getting vetted out, in my opinion, in November and December because of so many people wanting to know the business plans, and when I say that like parents and kids of recruits coming in, I think that's when this water got muddied the most. And that's that's when we saw people and the collectives and all that start to pick up steam to talk to the kids and do all this stuff. I really think on the conception, the NC2A was like, oh, and they told teens, do not get involved in the NIL deals with your players. Go let them do their own thing. I know. Right. No, they, I mean, they didn't. No, no, I, I'm saying right. Yeah. I'm yeah. Listening. I talked to one of the schools because I was going to work with them on it. And they said, oh, our stance is we're not getting involved in NIL deals because of it. You know, it's just too, it, it will look too by or look too muddy or look, it'll look like we're shady. That's what they use. That's the word they use, shady. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I'll be your middleman. I literally told them, I'll be your middleman. If you don't want to deal with it, let me know. You don't want your compliance involved, let me know. Now that university has a whole program around NIL deals and stuff. So I think it was something that a few few schools started. All schools started jumping on and jumping in on it. And then next thing you know now, it's, um, it is what it is. It's a huge, muddy mess of, you know, tampering and influencing kids' decisions and all that stuff. But initially, I really think the NC2A thought it would be something they didn't have to really govern. Now, because of the greed of top-notch programs, in essence, they have to govern it. And what they've handed down, like you just stated, wasn't rules. There's no, like, if you get penalized on this, you're missing the playoffs. If we catch you doing this, you're, you're out of bowl contention. None of that crap. It's just we're telling you not to do it, so stop. It's like when your mom first tells you to stop bugging your sister. <laughs> It's it's just like, hey, knock it off. That's what they just did. They hey, knock it off. With no repercussions. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. No, she ain't exactly coming with a wooden spoon yet. She ain't grabbed the belt yet. Mm-hmm. She just said knock it off. Now the next stage will be her raising her voice, right? We'll see right. something. And then the third or fourth one will be the third one will be the spoon and the fourth one will be the belt. But like we said last week on our show, until until it's a quarterback getting stolen from one of the major programs that might keep them out of the playoffs and traveling and doing all their bowl series. I just don't think the belt's going to come out. I don't even think the wooden spoon's coming out of the drawer. I think it's going to be straight up, you know, this stop it, knock it off. Hey, 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 we (laughs) talked to them. We sent them a letter. We told them it's not okay. And you're going to probably see that for a year, at least if not two. My favorite thing that it said in this, uh, this these guidelines, David, was it encouraged um, self-reporting for 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 uh, for colleges, and I was just thinking, yeah, yeah, like I'm gonna call my mom. I'm the one who put toothpaste in my system. Well, no, it's it's not even that though. It gets dumber because these colleges aren't going to say that they're the ones directly offering money, right? They're going to they're they're going to self-report their boosters, the guys, the people that have money. The reason that their program has money, you're going to report yeah. those guys. <laughs> the principal comes in. Who who did it? The guy that gives me lunch money every day. Like yeah. no, no, that's no. not what happens. That's just not no, no. It's it's very stupid. So the the one repercussion, I guess, technically, is that they said basically, David, the last ten months. If there is anything that's like egregious and like a big tampering thing or whatever that they can prove, that's where like the 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 punishment or whatever you want to call it, the repercussions are going to get handed down. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of instances that it happens. Is the NCAA actually going to do something about that? And honestly, does it even matter? Like we need we need immediate immediacy of rules being in place for the future. What has already happened is already happened. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that you're going to – I don't think that there's going to be an impact off of what has happened already in the past as far as them putting down any sanctions well, yeah. or – yeah, the I just don't name think. we saw really go transfer this offseason was a quarterback from Oklahoma go to USC and follow his coach, right? Well, did you see – well, sorry to interrupt you real quick, but did you see the, the All-American wide receiver from Pittsburgh who – is actually won the Bolitnikov last year, going into his junior campaign. Really good football player. He went into the portal, 
And he played the system, David. He basically found out that, like, hey, USC really wants me, but Texas wants me. All these teams really want me. So now he's basically up for a bidding war right now in the transfer portal. And he's getting offered millions and millions of dollars. So there is – And you can't fault the kid for playing the system. Absolutely not. It's not the kid's fault. It's not the kid's fault. Nope. But again, what I'm saying is right now the biggest biggest kid we've seen transfer in the portal – Right is the is Williams the quarterback from Oklahoma who went to USC and follows coach. Now, if Williams didn't go to USC to follow his coach, I would say that would be the biggest investigation in that they could go out and look at because say Williams got went in there and he transferred to Texas, and Texas had zero draft picks this last year in the NFL draft, and now you line up the best quarterback in college football potentially. Now, I disagree with it, but I'm saying some people have said it, not you. I know. Um, but that would have been an investigation. But because he went to SC, where they probably should investigate anyways, oh, he was just following his coach, right? Now this receiver better make a decision quick before the you know the microscope gets too close and people pull their offers just because they're like, we don't want to, you know, you know what, kid, you're you're just waiting too long and we're not gonna do it. So you know, you gotta you gotta play it right. You gotta know the, you gotta be able to read the room, as Gettleman would say. You gotta be able to read the room, and with the N- and the NCA looking at this, you might want to make a decision quick and get out and get in, into your school right now. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to continue. I, I actually didn't miss the mute button. I thought you were continuing. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> interrupt your 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 knowledge and your your wisdom. Well, no. You know what I mean? I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. I know, but I'm just saying, like, this is this is what I'm talking about. It's like if you got people bidding for players that are in the portal mm-hmm. on NIL deals, they're saying it's above boards, but we all know, like you said, it's the boosters. Yeah. And they're all trying to get the kid to come to their school. Mm-hmm. Like that, it really is the shady stuff that used to be happening underneath the table. By putting it on top of the table, people are just really seeing how shady – life was underneath it so my, my buddy who is my boss at, at irish breakdown david he thinks that this is what's going to happen eventually if the ncaa feels that they need to actually make a real like i guess a a statement i guess is the right word for it so he thinks that it's they're not going to go and take down the alabama right the texas the usc nobody like that he used like the university of nevada as an instance right not even that nevada did anything wrong but it's like we're gonna we're gonna make an example of someone but it's just going to be a, a little rinky dink like group of five school you know like smu back in the day with the pony express right because i mean smu was not the only people that were doing improper benefits back then, right? But they were the team that I surprised everyone. that went to Texas A&M when he got on campus. He had a freaking Corvette waiting for him. Okay. Well, that, that, like, that, was the, that was the big thing with Eric Dickerson back right day, right? The Trans Am, right? The gold Trans yeah. Am. Yeah, like it. people at LSU take pay cuts to go to freaking the NFL, okay? I mean, but here's the thing. I know a coach, when he would coach a game, he'd go eat at a certain restaurant. Yeah, and then he would say when he get done, he'd say, "Oh, can I get my to go order?" There was never food in that sack. Well, don't you remember the Tennessee thing that happened a couple years ago where they were giving recruits money in McDonald's bags? Do you remember that? Yeah, but this, was, this was the same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, you go to the restaurant, he'd eat his dinner, and say, "Can I get my to go bag?" And they would bring him his bag, and he'd go home, and it would be his stacks uh, from the booster for winning a game or whatever. You know what I mean? So. It wasn't. It's not. It's, it's always been this way. Like I said, it's just yeah. above boards now. And here's another thing. I I know a team. And I can't <laughs> disclose this one, but good. I know a team that once got their players speaking engagements through a absolutely legitimate um, motivational public speaking company. And that that company would have to go. The players would actually have to go do the, the outreach, you know, and go to the event. But they would get paid separate checks through there, and their price point to go to it was based on if they were starters or not. So they called it community outreach, and they got paid for it and whatever. But the end end of the day, was it good for the team? It was. But was it good? The best part was for the player. He would go to two hours of talking and make an extra, you know, five grand that week or whatever 
for for appearing to go read a book with kids or doing a tour at a foot at a, at a hospital with sick kids. You know what I mean? Like the players would show up, make their extra money, and it was something that no one could ever regulate because it was a separate company. But it's funny that all the players on the team got contracts with that company when they reported to school. Man, it's it is a crazy world, man. I, I honestly, I need we need to get you on the Irish Breakdown podcast to tell some of your stories as far as like that that. Type oh, of you want world. me on the Irish podcast? <laughs> do you? I mean, I mean, you look like a little leprechaun, so it makes sense. Until I put on my nice hat for you, and then I, I'll be looking the pot, and I bring the J- the Jamesons. We'll talk a lot in the Guinness. Oh, do, do you, are you are you drinking right now? By the way, like you were no, last last podcast. No, that's what I. Oh yeah, he's got a date tonight. He's the water. Oh, can't put that out to the world. Right, oh, on blast. I'm sorry, David. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, David. So I, I wanted to start this conversation because there is now, of course, because people want want to fix it. Right, obviously, everyone knows that it's a problem. So the natural thing next is. How do we fix this thing, right? How do we how do we trend this back in the right direction? Because I will say this, David. I don't know if you agree with this, but I would love your insight if you do. Because one thing that you said is what's happening right now in the NIL world is that there's no such thing as parity. The schools that have money are the ones that are going to profit off of this wrongdoing right now, right? So, But I think in the essence, the basis of what NIL is – that it could help boom college sports even more than it already is. Like college football is so popular, but this could help not only football, in my opinion, the quality, but I think it could also help basketball, college basketball. Because I now, think you're, I think you're totally thinking the wrong way, brother. Why? Why? Because I think. Well, let, let me say mine, and then you you rebuttal for it, okay? okay? So what I'm saying is that if it is done properly with the NIL stuff, the the you know, the, the use of building the program correctly that you're going to entice players just naturally to stay in school longer. There's going to be some pro, uh, NFL uh, future NFL players that maybe aren't first, second round picks, but are guys that, you know, are fringe draftable, but they're like, but I'm going to make more money next year in college playing for my university than I would on a, on a six round rookie deal. Right. And then in college basketball, I mean, there's a one-and-done rule right now. So I think a lot of those players are going to be enticed to stay around an extra year or two. I think a lot of them are. So I think the quality of just the, of good football and good basketball could increase, and c- good sports just in general could increase personally, I think. All right, two, two avenues my mind takes me when I've thought a lot about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna change, I'm gonna I'm gonna 180 you on one of these, and I'm gonna go with that one first. Then I'll come back to the second one. Right? Female sports are gonna get more money than they've ever had in their life. Why? Because female followers on social media is dwarfs male athletes in this country. And what can they do? Sex appeal. They can sell whether it's beverages, energy drinks, supplements, fashion, athletic wear, trips. Going in, going somewhere. You would rather see a sexy female a, uh, athlete by a pool than the starting quarterback to Alabama. I'm sorry, you're just she's gonna she's gonna blow it up. You know, good friend of the family here. Um, you know, um, oh geez, it just it just skipped my mind. What's her name? You and Alabama basketball player. What? You and Alabama basketball player. Oh, that we had on the podcast. Yeah, her and her sister. I forget. I forget her name. Some, it was something with the Spanish last name, wasn't it? It's gonna come to me, but okay. she's really she's really beautiful. Jordan, she's, Jordan, something. Mm, no, um, okay. No, I was just talking to Keon earlier about her too, and it's just it's gonna drive me nuts because her dad is Albert Lewis, and I know Albert Lewis really well, and now it's driving. But her last name isn't Lewis, um, but it's it's just driving me nuts right now. But her and her twin sister, when they were at UNLV and they were going through basketball and everything, if they had this kind of deal, they could have done a lot with what they do because of their personality, ability to do double mint commercials, ability to do, you know, Dosecki commercials, whatever. They could pair and go. They both had in college over, you know, 500,000 followers on Instagram. And now they have over a million or she does. And I think her sister is right around 700,000. So 
it's a situation where you could have had a you could have had a lot of money going into female sports. And I think that's what's coming is female sports is going to start producing a lot of these uh, NIL D- deals. Dylan Gonzalez. Dylan, Dylan Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Thank you. I knew it was a Spanish last name. God. Yeah, it was. So that's that's where I think initially female athletes are going to cash in. Boosters are going to put money in the pockets of the male athletes, but true NIL deals, the real ones that are companies wanting spokesmodels and spokespeople, I think it's going to go right to female sports. So I think that helps even the playing field, which I love to death. And you know that. I think that's a great thing. That's one of the positive things of this. Now, when it comes to the male athletes and your question, which was, uh, what was it again? One more time. Increasing the quality of pl- of uh, play. The sport. Think yeah. about this. Think about this. I'm Pat Willis back in the day, best linebacker. I made $7 million in college with my NIL deal. I'm going to get a first-round draft choice. I go get my signing bonus. I played two years in the NFL, and now I'm out. I don't even chase a second contract. I've made enough money, and I'm out. I've invested it. I haven't spent much of it. And instead of beating up my brain and beating up my body, by the time I'm 25, I'm a millionaire. I have probably $40 million in the bank, and I don't need any more money. So well, no, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the quality of college game, though. Not the I know NFL. what you're talking about. But yeah. what I'm saying is what you're going to see is kids make enough money, even in the first two or three years of college, mm-hmm. invest it, if they're wise about it, and then they might just quit. They might just walk because there's nothing There's nothing to keep them around. So, no, it's the mentality of the young person these days because, you know, as a, I have a son who's 16, they, they can live with less. They're not like my generation where we were told to go out and be greedy. You know, the Gordon Gecko generation where greed's good. A lot of these kids literally are like, if I put $100,000 away by the time I'm 20, 20 years old, put it in a retirement account by the time I'm 60, just on market value alone and how it runs over, that's going to be $1.5 million. So if I can put a million dollars in that account by the time I'm 22, then I can take loans out the rest of my life against that because that market value is going to continually increase double and triple because of compound interest. So why do I have to work again? I'll travel the word and world and chill the fuck out. I'll write a book about it and maybe I'll sell some money. I don't know. But again, by having so much money early in life, invested right in compound interest and put it into certain life insurance funds that you can borrow against and all that stuff, there's no reason to do the work. There's no reason to go get yourself beat up. And you go, well, there's the love of the game. That's different these I'm, days. That's I'm not. Different. I'm not even. I'm not even saying the love of the game. I just. I. I don't know how many 18, 19, 20 year olds are that wise. I. I just. I. I think that that's a little atypical. It is no. It is now, but I'm talking a a few years down the line. Mm-hmm. A few years down the line, I think kids will start thinking this way because the money is getting so big. What's the richest nil deal that you've heard of? Um, personally is there's a quarterback that's going to the university of Tennessee that is inked for an $8 million NIL deal, $8 million for four years of playing. Now he's 18 years old. If he puts a million dollars, $1 million from that first contract, that first year, he never has to work again. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I I don't disagree with you in theory. Yes, I actually agree. My thing is though, just thinking back to when I was 18, I didn't think like that, man. Like, I, I just don't think many 18-year-olds think like that. I, I don't think that's going to ever be a thing. I think – here's the thing. I think that some of them will start thinking that way because people will see in the next couple of years people blowing that money, going to the NFL, being washed out in three years. Because, you know, the average play time for an NFL person is 3.3-something, like yeah. Yeah, yeah three point. So if I had $5 million in college mm-hmm. – and then I go to the NFL, and I, that means I'm a pretty good player, typically. I go yeah. to the NFL, but I wash out in 3.3 years. Like this year alone, the first-round draft choices, which were 32 of them, 
Only, I think, 22 or 25 got their fifth-year options picked up. I think there was like eight or seven or eight players that didn't get their fifth year options picked I up. I think it was I think it was higher than that. I think like eleven didn't get get it picked up or something like there that. There you go. Eleven. Yeah. Okay, so eleven players didn't get their option picked up, and those are first round top valid players, right? So again, if I'm one of those players, if I'm a Daniel Jones and during college i made seven million dollars i didn't touch much of it my parents let me blow five hundred thousand of it while i was in school cool the rest of it went in a, a trust and it's sitting there then i got my signing bonus and this and that and i put that in a trust they let me blow 10 million of my my money right well that means i probably have something like 27 million in the bank and it's been making money and every seven years it's going to compound and and double so Again, this, it's, again, it's right now. It's not the mentality, and I agree with you. Yeah, I was 18 years old, went back in my 18 year old mindset. Mm-hmm. But parents of these kids are getting smarter. The investment opportunities are getting smarter, and they're realizing they can't play forever. So therefore, hey, your friends don't have any money. I'm going to give you five hundred thousand dollars to go to go smoke off this freaking year and every year in college you're gonna have five hundred thousand but the other 1.5 we're putting away i don't know even at 18 i might take that deal for my mom i'll be like i I can do anything with 500 500 grand and you're not gonna say a word nope but the 1.5 is going away yes mom okay you know? But but my, my my only pushback though is well not my only pushback my pushback is is that you just said that you grew up in the greedy era right like that was your era was like yes make money make money make money well the people that are going to be advising these young men in the near future are going to be your age group for one if it's a parents and then on the other side is if it's an agent that is in their ear or financial advisor. They want them to keep playing because that's how they make money, right? Like that, I, I just I don't think that the people advising them are going to advise them because at 18, 19, 20 years old, I think they need an, a, an ear. I think they need a mouth in their ear. And I just don't know if they're gonna get that mouth in the ear to be that wise. Well, here's and here's here's the thing about it. Let's not even talk about the healthy players. Let's talk about a player who goes into his junior year and he gets a bad concussion. Now, mom's worried about his health. He's already made $6 million. He's guaranteed for $2 million in that senior year. Is it worth you sending your kid with concussion issues to the NFL and mess with his brain or say, hey, we've invested it, and here we go? And the other thing about my generation, when we were coming up, we were told greed is good. We push for greed all the time. But now where I'm at, and I'm 40, I'll be 47 in two weeks, right? Where I'm at in life, I would be able to advise my child not to be greedy and that, you know what, if you have, again, $6 million in the bank and you want to take a few years off after college and go tour the world before you figure out what you want to do with your life, go for it. Because, again, if you go to the NFL and knock around a little bit, you're going to be you know, not making that much money. And you're going to be beating up your body. There was a kid at the University of Colorado Mines, okay, wide receiver. He went to uh, East West Shrine game, pro, you know, all-star candidate. They were going to have a, a pro day for him. He canceled it. Why? Because coming out of the University of Colorado Mines, 90% of the kids get six-figure salaries within the first month of graduation, okay? Nice. Good for them. He got, it's, an, it's an elite – engineering school especially with oil and minerals and stuff like that mm-hmm. he got a $95,000 job uh that would gave him a $75,000 truck that gave him all the tools he needed fully loaded and he didn't have to pay anything back and that was his signing when you got the truck the tools you need and a guaranteed three-year contract at 95 I think he told me it was 95 105 and 115 and he's like if I spent the next three years bouncing around the NFL I potentially can make more than that, but this opportunity might not be here when I come out. And I said, then don't do it. If I mean, that's a, that's a lifetime career. Where every Even Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, they all had to find post-playing career jobs, right? They all, there's always post-playing career. Now with NIL money invested in college, these kids really are going to have some hard decisions to make coming into the NFL draft and doing things because – 
what if an NFL team drafts a kid in the sixth round and he's already made five million dollars in you know in college, but the injury history bumped him down to the fifth round, and now his signing bonus is only ninety thousand dollars and it's not guaranteed money. And we all know he could get cut in the first tra- in training camp. Would, will he show up? Will he even sign that fifth year option? He has five million in the bank. Yeah. Oh, for, for, if you're smart about it and you're yeah. using the NIL for your advantage, mo- money and and is your power. When you're a kid, if you have the money and you have that negotiating power, like Rob Gronkowski said, he doesn't think he ever spent one money one dollar of his playing money, his contract money. It was all off his sponsorship money, right? That's good. If you make that kind of decision with your NIL money coming into uh, college as a freshman and doing it for four years, when you go to the negotiating table with the NFL, you have the right and ability. They'll have your rights for a year, but you could walk away for a year, live off your money, and that's the thing the NFL always had to do is only had to do, I should say, you show up, hey, kid, we got a contract for you. You're going to be a professional football player. We're going to change your life with this money. Well, now if that money doesn't change my life, I don't think I'm going to sign it, coach. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you drafting me, but uh, I thought you were going to draft me in the third round. All those phone calls you told me were <laughs> second, third round. Now I'm in the sixth, and uh, and you take me, and I only have $90,000 signing bonus? Like, no, in I, that – in in yeah. that in that no in that scenario I agree with you completely and I I think that if if in that situation where a player falls and the money doesn't make sense in that area I agree completely it's just not going to be in every situation right so like that's no, not every, yeah and there, and that's what I'm saying there's going to be kids mm-hmm. who blow off and smoke off their 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 nil money they don't invest it they're going to need the money they're going to have to do what the NFL says they're still going to be in that mentality. But if young kids, men and women, young young men and women, take this opportunity to earn this money from high school and college, mm-hmm. yeah, and put it away, save it while they're young, it gives them such an advantage in in contract negotiations later in life, because yeah. then you'll they'll say, well, the kid's deep in debt. No, he's not. The kid's got he's sitting on twenty five million dollars. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to work. We right. want him to work. And that's yep. a great power position for these kids that the NFL's never seen. Hockey, baseball, none of them have ever seen where the kid comes out of school not needing money. And now their their one token that they've always had is we're going to change your life with this money. Either that forces that salary cap to go up and those signing bonuses and everything to go up to make mm-hmm. sure it's a tr- still attractive for kids to play. Yeah. Or You'll see kids get drafted and say, "I'm not signing. I'm gonna, t- I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go into something else because they have money in the bank." Well, that leads into a question I wanted to ask you. Before we do, have you secured any sponsorships with your name, image, and likeness yet? What a great play here, David. No, well, what's keeping you from earning money or gaining products today? Oh, spirit money, water out. <laughs> Probably access to companies. Maverick Sports Consulting can can connect those dots for you. We believe in the power of athletes making a a living off of their name, image, and likeness while going to college. If it's simply that you don't have access to companies, don't let that keep you from being successful. Contact us, us, contact us, I can't speak, at Maverick Sports Consulting so we can help you navigate your path to gaining corporate sponsors for your collegiate career. An athlete's earning potential is limited. Why wait until tomorrow to start earning today? It doesn't matter what sport you play. We can help all our clients achieve their goals. Excuse me. Just contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting. TikTok, the clock is ticking. Wow, what a great ad for this particular podcast, by the way. Dude. Fantastic <laughs> stuff there. Um, so I was going to actually get into what you just already mentioned. I was. I was literally going to ask you a question on the side of the break. Do you believe then, in effect, because there's always cause and effect, that the NFL, let's stay with the NFL here, the NFL would say, we're going to have to raise the salary cap and we're going to have to make the rookie pay scale higher to incentivize them to not take that route. Well, see, the NFL will have no problem raising the rookie incentives, but see, the rookies don't get negotiating rights, right? So it's the, the they won't want to take from the owner's portion. 
They're going right. to want to take from the veteran pool of money and put it back to where it used to be, which is the rookie money. <laughs> but years ago, under the new CBA, they 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 what slotted all the spots in the draft, made it where there's non really not a lot of negotiable. That's why you see so many players signing so quickly. There's no holdouts yeah. at camp, or only one or two now versus you know twenty. Um, it's because they took money. The veterans said, we'll take money in free agent pool. Go ahead and screw over the rookies, right? Now the rookies with the NIL deal, if it steamrolls as it's starting out in 10 months, we've seen a huge swing from people getting like a cheeseburger deal for now to up to a million-dollar contract or $2 million contract, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see, again, Over, I'm talking about, over the course of the next couple of years, you're yep. going to see the hand that gets forced will be NFL in negotiations, not only them, but obviously baseball. They just had a huge lockout. Hockey, you know, uh, shoot, the Steelworkers Union was trying to get the uh, uh, USFL on board with unionizing. So, you know, uh, I think everybody's going to be trying to collective and put people into uh, some kind of collectives for mm. the negotiating powers and that's going to cause people to have to really think about how the payout goes but i do feel and i and you know i've talked to a couple of my friends in the nfl they think the nil deal is going to be a huge game changer and mm. i and i mainly they didn't say it but the conversation led me because the power of the nfl was always we're bringing you a life-changing contract. Same with that, you know, schools. Like, hey, come play at Alabama. We'll get you an extra 60K a year. Well, now mm-hmm. it's open and NIL deals are open, right? And yeah. Tennessee's like, no, come here. We'll get you 110. And now they're going, well, shoot, now we got to go up to two, 200 to get the kit, you know? So the bidding wards are on. And, mm-hmm. and again, I just think that when the kids get the money and over the next three years, you'll see it. The kids get the money. Decisions will be made. Because we even had a rookie two years ago for the Niners. I can't remember his name, but he was a linebacker. I think he was a fourth-round pick or something. Or no, the second-round pick from the Niners quit. Like, he was, like, done. He he, he went in there. I can't remember the kid that was a linebacker. Chris Borland? There was a kid that had some injury history. Yeah, yeah, you know, Chris Bor- Chris Borland. He he um he retired after his first year. He had a really good rookie year with the 49ers, and he retired because he had a concussion history. Yep. Right. Yep. Now, a, a perfect example, that was a kid before NIL. He, he, he made uh, rookie money. He did his thing, and he went to do whatever he's doing in life. God bless him. But now if that same kid had NIL money, that decision would be a lot easier for him. You know who was a good example? I don't know if you know him too well, David, but Justin Ross that was at Clemson, the wide receiver, yep. who just him. got signed by the Chiefs. I'm telling you, man, again, I don't want to like freak out over a freshman year too much, but if you would have told me in two years after that freshman year that he had a thousand something yards, like on forty something catches, average like twenty yards a catch as a six four wide receiver, I would have told you that he was gonna be a top ten pick in two years. Like he was that good, man. And then he has the neck injury, he has a leg injury. And he goes undrafted because, I mean, he had spinal fusion surgery, right? And it's just like – and honestly, he's not the same player that he was. He's just not. He's he's really not. And it, but So it's not just the fact that, like, the injuries just made people overthink him or something or just be very tentative with the injury stuff. He's also just – like, it zapped his, his athleticism, to be honest. But either way, me and my buddy, again, we're talking about this today, David. Could you imagine if Justin Ross – had the NIL opportunities. He could be set up for life now, but now he's scrapping as a undrafted free agent to the Kansas City Chiefs. He might not even make the roster. And for the longest time, that was his livelihood, you know? What that like I'm sure after his freshman year he was like, man, I am going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a first round yeah. pick. And then now he's in a really tough situation right now. Well in addition to this and I know we're running short on time, so I'll just throw it out quickly. And if you want to touch on another show, we will. The insurance game just got upped. The insurance game just got upped because like that rookie kid, that freshman kid going to Tennessee with an $8 million contract for NIL, now if he gets hurt while playing at, at Tennessee yeah, and he's uninsured, 
right? But now if he, like a Scott, like you just said, Scott, let's say Scott after his freshman year went and got an insurance policy, the a $50 million insurance policy in case he got hurt during his time at Clemson. And then when he did and he had spinal surgery, people mm-hmm. like us would write reports saying, oh, that kid would have been a first-round pick based off his freshman year. Yep. The insurance company's got to pay it out because the insu- you know he he went undrafted and then obviously the injury caused him to be you know less effective in his his career path right it it damaged his ability to make money so yeah. that that all being said it's not just NIL and making money on the field and off the field and boosters and and all that craziness that we're going to that we're going to see but the insurance game's going to get crazy for all these kids and and all the boosters and then what will the boosters pay how tired do the boosters get from paying all this money each and every year and then and then the pressure on coaches to win goes up even further because now if kids are making crazy nil deals right and the coaches don't win that carousel gets a lot faster oh for sure yeah there's no doubt about that it's it's going to be a slippery slope. I feel like, I mean, David, we just went through 56 minutes, and I felt like this was the longest podcast that we've ever had because we were literally only talking about one topic, but it was a great conversation for 50-something minutes. So David Turner's got to get spruced up. I know I mentioned why earlier. I'm not going to – I'm not, again, I'm not going to put it out in the universe. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. But we really appreciate it. I thought my share with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go on a date after this too, so it's fine, man. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It is what it is. Um. But we appreciate everybody that's been following along on Twitter, YouTube, or TikTok. Again, diving into some of the inner workings of the NIL landscape as well as the transfer portal. Really deep conversation. Is there a, a good answer of a of a scenario where we can fix some stuff? Who knows, man? This is just it's chaos. It is literally the Wild West out there. Uh, David Turner, I want to kick it over to you as I always do. I once again appreciate everybody out there. Make sure to, before you log off this podcast, before you get off the live, whatever, wherever you are, if you're listening on a podcast platform, like, share, subscribe, give us a rating, write a review, Apple Podcasts. We really, 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 really would appreciate it, not to beg or anything. So appreciate everybody out there. David Turner, final word of the night, my friends. I want to say we talked about tampering in sports. We talked about boosters. We talked about all this stuff. We have fun here at Mavericks, as you can tell. Ryan and I, we have fun together, and we enjoy our our podcast each and every week. We enjoy working with each other, and we want to bring that enjoyment to your lives, whether you're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you're downloading and listening to our podcast. But let's not lose focus. There's some real bad shit going on in our world right now. There is stuff that is life-changing for many, many people. Okay, and I know there has been for a long time. We try not to bring it into this world because we want to give you that release. We want to give you that entertainment. We want to talk about sports and the business of it just to understand that more. But I, I'm part I'm a kid of the I'm a, I'm a kid of the Cold War era where I remember people building bunkers because we thought nuclear war was a legitimate possibility. And I remember the Berlin Wall falling. I remember hardcore conversations and stuff about, you know, violence um, in, in, in schools and just, just a lot of stuff, some heavy topics when I was a kid. And for a while, we got away from them. We were living in a kumbaya world for a little while. And now a lot of these same topics are coming back up. We got a war in Europe. We got the Supreme Court about to hand down a, a 50-year precedent, which we've never seen in our country's history. I don't care what side you're on with it. We've never done this. This is something that has never been done in American history if it goes through the way it's going, it looks like it's going to go through. That's, that's just – it changes more precedent than the one main topic, okay? And so it's something that we're living in. And if Ryan and myself can give you a little bit of entertainment on a Tuesday night or when you download our podcast, thank you for letting us do that. But let's not lose focus on the bigger picture, that there are some incredibly heavy topics that our kids are dealing with that are going to shape our lives of our kids, our grandkids, and even further. 
There is soil problems that we're having. I don't know if anybody's even caught up with that, but the soil problem, farmable soil, looks like it might run out in almost 30 to 40 years. Now I'll be gone, but Ryan will still be around. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> and, and it's a legitimate problem. And and I, mm. I've been researching a little bit more. It's crazy and people don't talk about it, but it is something that is a severe problem. And, and so again, we'll talk and joke about stuff, but this world we're living in is seeing some major stuff. And if you ever want us to talk about it or talk me to talk about it, reach out. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Insta. I'm all over the place. Reach out and talk to me. I'll talk to you about it, you know, obviously. And if you have a, a social issue, we're not against doing social issues on this show. We will do them. We will put the panel together. We'll give it to we'll give it to the audience, whatever they want. You know, but if again, if there's more stuff about football, baseball, basketball, e-gaming, whatever you want to learn about with the business of sports, please let us know. Let us, you know, help us direct the conversation the way you want to hear it. Anything from the transfer portal, college football, NFL, the rest of sports, farmable soil. We can talk everything here on Mavis Sports Consulting presentation of Mav Sports Take. Again, we are episode 85. Want to thank everybody. Be here, same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.